I wrapped up my first year with doing $92,000 in sales. And then as I returned this year in 2021, um, I did again for the summer off season there and I did $151,000 in sales. So in the last two years, kind of wrapping up kind of under $250,000 in sales. Let's go. No big deal, right? Just, oh, no, just, no just big light numbers, <laughs> like nothing too big. <laughs> episode we're peaking for sure 100 we're peaking this is our max we're only going downhill from here <laughs> nah, I that's exactly what i want to hear <laughs> let's go yep let's go now nah, you're good, you're good, you're good. bye <laughs> <laughs> welcome back to the number one podcast in winnipeg aka tool for rise where we document the rise and stardom of winnipeg's talent and personalities if you enjoyed our 50th episode thank you so much go hit the subscribe button give us some love you know, we're trying to get to a thousand subscribers by the end of the year, and I'll help. This is our sign, um, you know. Which we uh, didn't show you guys in episode 50, right? Yeah, we didn't show them at all. But the reason it's here is because I actually painted this. It was our first original sign. And so, yeah, it's, yeah, we just paint, I painted it, you know. This is the one I painted. But we got a better one now, but, yeah. Know. Well, I think I know a couple of people that could probably paint better than you can. I think so. Uh, so let's bring on our guest for today. They've been in the painting industry for a while now and have built a six-figure painting business with Students Works Painting. Here to talk about what they do, please welcome Jenny and Angie. Welcome oh, to yeah. the Tool for Rise podcast, guys. Thanks so much for being here. I know you guys have to take a drive out here, but we appreciate you guys coming. No problem. Yeah, no worries. Before we start, why don't you guys give yourself an intro about who you guys are and where you how you guys All right. Uh, my name is Jenny Stroh. Um, I'm a student at the U of M, entering my third year doing an economics degree. Um, and what I do is I run a student works painting franchise. So I started last year in 2020. Um, I finished up my first year. Basically, I kind of just run it during the off season of school, so four months. Mm -hmm. um, I wrapped up my first year with doing $92,000 in sales. And then as I returned this year in 2021, um, I did it again for the summer off season there and I did $151,000 in sales. So in the last two years, kind of wrapping up kind of under $250,000 in sales. Let's go. No big deal, right? Just, oh, no, just, no just big light numbers, <laughs> like nothing too big. Oh yeah. And then, yeah, Angie. Um, hi, my name is Angie. I'm a district manager actually here yeah. in Manitoba and I also work in Northern Saskatchewan. Mm -hmm. um, I have been with the company for the past five years. This is my sixth year starting with the company. I run my own franchise for about four years. So uh, in my fourth year, I actually was able to district manage Jenny. Um, I recruited her down from the bottom <laughs> and brought her on. And we've been really good friends, ultimately my best friend uh, ever since. Damn. And um, now I'm working with, this past year, I worked with about 18 uh, franchisees or business owners, mm -hmm. both in Manitoba and Saskatchewan. And we actually ended up doing about 1.3, nope, 1.2 million dollars uh, uh, in both, <laughs> all across. So, yeah. Okay, so for, so for the viewers that don't know what Student Works Painting is, how would you describe what it is? It's always very funny to explain it because if you really think about it, it's a weird concept. <laughs> um, ultimately, it's a like a summer management program, typically dedicated for university students just because we work with a lot of university students, but not necessarily. 
But ultimately, what StudentWorks does is we teach university students how to go and run a business. And the business that we get them to run is a painting business just because there's lots of demand for it. And it is actually something that's really easily teachable, mm -hmm. meaning like, you know, if, if we all hung around for a weekend and I went and trained you guys how to paint, yeah. you probably would be pretty good painters by the end of the weekend. So uh, that's kind of why we do it. But ultimately, StudentWorks has been around since the uh, early 1990s. Mm -hmm. We started out in Vancouver and Alberta, and then we expanded towards Saskatchewan and Manitoba, and we've been growing ever since. Yeah. So just to clarify, you guys paint houses. Yes. Not, yeah, uh, not, not the, the painting paintings. that I was doing, much more large scale and overall, right? Paintings, buildings, condos, stuff like that. Exactly. And it's funny that you say that just because I was, I'm currently in the process of uh, recruiting, so I am doing a lot of info sessions, and someone in an info session was like, so like, how do I like find clients that want to buy paintings? And I'm like, honey, like we don't paint paintings. Yeah, like, trying to be an artist. Yeah, <laughs> like I don't know about you, but like I can paint the window frame. I cannot paint a Mona Lisa. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. So are you are you teaching them in your workshops? Right. Let's say like someone's interested and they're jumping on to student works. What does that process look like for you? Are you teaching them how to run the business side of things, or are you teaching them how to do the labor side of things? Both. Uh, it really is both. It's it's about a seven to eight month program, depending on when you kind of start mm -hmm. and when you want to finish. But ultimately, what we do is we find a like what currently we're in a recruiting season, some from September till December. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, what I do, if any areas that we do have available in Manitoba and Saskatchewan, Northern Saskatchewan, I'm ultimately just currently looking for people to fill those areas. Uh, we are looking for the best people though, so like we're not just gonna take someone off the street, but we go and like take the best people and then we get started by getting their business licensings done and marketing materials with their faces and names on it. Mm -hmm. um, so we get all of that done over the course of like December, early January. And in January, what we do is we have a three-day seminar training. So we all typically go and there's two seminar trainings, one in Vancouver and one in Calgary. Mm -hmm. uh, typically people from Alberta, Manitoba and Saskatchewan all go to the Calgary location. Sure. And so we have a like a three day seminar in, uh, to talk about like marketing and how to market and different ways of marketing, mm -hmm. uh, how to hold interviews. So lots of you know about recruiting and how to recruit for your employees, sales, how to do estimates, how to do um, different aspects of sales. You know anywhere from first initial call to the client to closing the job at the time of the estimate. So we go over a lot of information mainly during that seminar about the mm -hmm. building of the business. Yeah. Uh, we do go over production, which is more of like that painting aspect of it as well. Mm -hmm. But we do go over mainly all the actual like business aspect of it during that time. And then over the course from January all the way till end of April, we continue building on that. So we do a lot of practices. We do a lot of uh, feedback as well. So every single franchisee is actually assigned a district manager or like a personal business coach. Mm -hmm. So like I said, I work with 18 people, but each person ultimately is assigned a district manager or a business coach who's they can always go and call in case they have any questions if they in case they want extra training. Yeah, yeah. So they are provided with that extra support at all times. Mm -hmm. uh, but we also do like smaller groups training. So we do like paint training where we teach them about paint because they ha actually need to know about paint to be yeah. able to sell it. And then kind of like, you know, talk to them about like marketing and teach them how to do marketing, door to door marketing, like mm -hmm. uh, doing cold calling. And then we go in April, typically we have a more of a hands on painting training. Yeah. So we do like an actual paint training, typically over the course of a weekend where 
franchisees come in and potentially with their painters actually learn how to physically paint. Mm -hmm. uh, we also do a production training uh, slash spring training for us yeah, okay. um, where we go over like, you know, what is production? What do you need to get ready? How do you need to be organized? What your typical day is looking like? Mm -hmm. um, and then once uh, the summer kind of hits, um, I myself go and I visit every single franchisee, especially the new ones, kind of are like my top priority, especially in the early months. Uh, and I actually go and start production with them. So on the first time they ever go and have to paint a house, just to make sure they don't mess up, yeah, I go with yeah, them yeah. and I kind of help them run the production aspect of it. And one thing about really nice about this ex experience and opportunity is that ultimately once you do one job, it's very cookie cutter like yeah. if you do one window frame job most of the window frame jobs are going to go very similarly if mm -hmm. not the same Makes sense. and the whole process of production like it's really like step by step it's really just a checklist that you have to repeat over and over again mm -hmm. just a matter of different projects so you know you're not going to paint a window frame project the same way you're going to paint a siding but yeah. that's kind of where the paint training aspect of it really comes in okay yeah we interrupt this episode to bring you today's sponsor skillshare Skillshare is an online community with thousands of classes in design, business, tech, and more. Anyone can join the millions of members in the community to learn cutting-edge skills, network with peers, and for new opportunities. If you'd like to support our show and are interested in Skillshare, click the first affiliate link in our description to get a 14-day free trial on us. It's easy, quick, and you can cancel it anytime. Now back to the episode. So I think I think what's cool is because we got both of you guys. Mm -hmm. So you're more of the district manager. You are owning multiple, or not owning, but managing multiple people. Whereas Jenny, you're a day-to-day -day kind of person, right? Yeah, I'm you, the person she's describing. She's, yeah, <laughs> you're the person who does all of that. So yeah. what is this dynamic like? Um, I mean, I really appreciate having a business coach, especially as a first-time business owner, because it's very hands-on. Like, I remember my first time doing estimates. Like, if I would have gone there alone, I'd be like, what the heck am I doing, you know? <laughs> and then she kind of, like, took me step-by-step step on everything. And same with um, going house-knocking, the marketing aspect, um, doing the first calls with clients and all that stuff. So um, it's it helps a lot when you have somebody who knows what they're doing, teaching you how to do it properly, mm -hmm. um, just to help with building up your success and stuff like that. Okay. I mean, starting up a business by yourself, like one of the hardest things you can do, yeah. even running this podcast, right? Like it's, if we didn't have the team there backing us up, we don't know where we would be. Mm -hmm. So what was that process like for you starting like first year, I mean, $95,000, right? <laughs> Close, close. 92 in sales. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I rounded it up a little bit. You know? Yeah. But still like that's mm -hmm. amazing. Yes. How did you do that? Um, with Angie's help. Um, and I guess the, the community behind student works painting too. Like if I know that if I were to do it alone, I'd probably fail miserably. Um, but having the support, you know, all the trainings that we do, it really did help. And just like preparing myself for what's to come, like by either educating myself on like reading like business books or something like that, you know, um, learning better habits and just kind of following a schedule and like listening to the advice that's given to me. Um, it really helps with um, kind of preparing yourself for running a business. And I then, guess. And then how did you, how did Angie, how did you get started? Like you're, you've been doing this for four or five years now. You're correct? running the show now. Come on. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so were you in her position when you started? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. I was a worse position actually, <laughs> just because I didn't run as good of a business and I was a lot more of a sh than she ever was. Sure. Um, I think we actually started both in the same position. We were both in just university, uh, sitting in class, because that's when classes used to be in person. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I signed a clipboard, and I think Jenny, you signed a clipboard as well. Yeah. 
And we ultimately just both signed the clipboard. Did you guys ever sign the clipboard? I, I actually signed the clipboard as well. Oh, <laughs> no. yes. oh Everyone signs God. the clipboard. I Everyone did. does. Just no one shows up to the info sessions. I, I went to the info session. I oh, was did there. you? Yeah. We, I, just we'll stopped, I just stopped yeah. at the, the point. Damn. Oh, that's so funny. You probably have met me then. Or was it with a guy? I have no idea. Because if be it was with a guy, you either had a bold guy or a very hairy guy. <laughs> I, I honestly don't remember. Description of her. <laughs> He's either bald or hairy. Yeah. One, you know? I have it's no idea. It might, it might have been you, but I don't remember. I'd have to check my emails and figure it out. Probably. But, if, it, yeah. if it was probably me or one of those two guys, they're actually our VPs. They come in. And when I started district managing, sure. everyone needs help. Everyone needs coaching. Okay. Uh, when I started doing info sessions, they both came out and they were doing uh, info sessions with Myself, for, for the first couple ones, they actually did them, and I just sat around and watched mm -hmm. and really learned. Um, yeah. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I went to the info session. Like, I'm not a business guy. Like, yeah. this is, I'm a science guy at heart. Like, so for me, it wasn't the best choice, but I did go. I was curious. I was like, let's see what it's about. But, yeah, that's how I got to know, like, student works painting as well. Awesome. And when I, when I met Jenny in marketing class, I was like, oh, student works painting. I've heard <laughs> of that before. So that's, yeah. how, that's how that came about. But, yeah. Fun fact, I did sign a clipboard. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, everyone, the, the joke is that everyone signs a clipboard. Uh -huh. um, a lot of people don't read. Uh, yeah. I don't know if they lost that skill on their way from, uh, <laughs> you know, elementary school to university. Uh -huh. uh, but a lot of people just don't read the clipboard and they just sign it. And then I call them up being like, hey, like, you signed a clipboard. Like, you said you were interested. And they're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. And if I pick pique their interest over the phone, mm -hmm. they show up. Or uh, they don't, you know. It was a lot of a lot of sitting alone and watching Netflix Aww. for thirty minutes <laughs> during my first year, just oh, because it was a lot of info sessions and not a lot of people showing up. Oh no! Yeah. So, so what is that like for you then? Like, people sign up, right? Yeah. How do you pick the right person? Like, I have. You know, we, we do a lot of background checks. So, like, we go and look through people's like resumes, and there's a long application process. Like, it's about four weeks for people to even get to an interview. Mm -hmm. So we have like first info sessions, like 30 minutes, second info session, which is like 45 minutes to an hour. We've really go and lay everything down on the table of what the opportunity is going to look like. Um, and then we ultimately give, send out a, what would be like a franchisee contract and a disclosure document. So they know exactly again, everything they're signing on. And then if they go into an interview, and we like them, we would offer them a job. But the biggest thing is that this is technically, like, it's funny enough to say this, like, it feels like an entry-level position. Sure. Um, you don't need experience in business. You don't need to be a business student either, you know. Mm -hmm. It's very funny that Jenny and I both are in economics students, but, you know, we work with a lot of people who are in science and then who are in engineering. Uh, lots of our top performers actually, you know, go and do other things in business. Mm. Lots of pre-med students, you know, lots of pre-law students. Sure. Um, but in regards to finding the best person is, I like to say that I hire based on personality, okay. um, not as a resume, just because ultimately how well people like ultimately do, it's not really about how well they know business and how well they understand business, mm -hmm. although that's a big part of it, is how well can I connect with that person, yeah. right? Just because if me and the person butt heads all through the seven, it's eight months, it's just not gonna mm -hmm. work. They're not gonna go, wanna go and do extremely well and push themselves just because they're not gonna wanna do it either. Like 
you know, they're not going to have that respect for me or they might just not ha- care that much just mm-hmm. because there's lack that com- connection. Sure. And that's something that I've really tried to go and build with a lot of people Yeah. super early on. Um, and that's actually how I think Jenny actually does very well as well. I think she's going to be the new future <laughs> Manitoba DM. Let's go. Uh, yeah, let's go. <laughs> Promotions right here. On yeah. spot on, on Sign the deal. Sign the deal. <laughs> Where's my contract? <laughs> <laughs> I think she's uh, she has lots of potential to really take that on for the future just because she has really good relationship with the people like she works with, you know painters and clients there's never really been any issues coming from jenny mm-hmm. uh she deals with her uh clients very well on her own if there's ever an issue she actually goes and takes care of it very well as well uh but she also always has really great connections with people lots of people in the, co- in the company love her mm-hmm. and then so do her painters she has returning painters uh which ultimately helps quite a bit of the business mm-hmm. uh but that comes from a lot of relationship uh, build up, and yeah. I think that's something that she actually does very well as well. Jenny's loving this. Wow, right thanks, Ange. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jenny, from your point of view, you signed a clipboard, I assume. Yes. And then, so what was that process like meeting her and starting your first house or something like that? Yeah, so I signed the clipboard in my Stats 1000 class. I saw those digits on there, how much profit you can make. I was like, <laughs> Sign me up. Money, <laughs> and then I missed like probably 10 phone calls from her. And then I was like, oh, let me just return them maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went to my first info session. Like as like a young person, I always knew that maybe in the future I was like interested in business. That's kind of what I was more drawn to um, career wise too. So I was like, why not give this a shot? You know, so I went to the first info session. I was like, hmm, this sounds interesting. There's another one. It's free too. So I was like, might as well like learn more or whatever. Um, so I went back to my second one. I was like, damn, like, I kind of want to do this. Um, and I really liked Ange, too, and, like, the way that she, like, approached everything and kind of talked about everything. And then she didn't apply. Let's hear the story. Let's hear the story. The deadline was, like, <laughs> October. The, <laughs> the deadline was October 1st, 2019. Okay. And I was like, damn, like, I guess I didn't apply to this. I didn't hand in my resume. I didn't sign up for whatever else was required. It's been a while. Um, and I was like, dang, I guess it's just not meant to be. Like, I shouldn't be running my business. That's kind of my thought process. And then I was walking down, like, the tunnels in the university. I get this phone call. It's from Ange. And she's like, Jenny, um, I know you missed the deadline to apply, but, like, I really think that you would be a great franchisee. I think this would be really great for you and all that stuff. I was like, okay, I guess I'll sign up for this. Like, she called me back. She thinks I'd be a great fit. So I was like, okay, whatever, I'll give it another shot. I signed up. And then I did my interview with, like, the vice president of the company, and then he offered me the job, and I was like, dang, okay, I guess I'll sign on. Um, and then we just kind of, it was kind of a dead season, I guess, like from, because I signed on like in October, I believe, and then November, December, like nothing really happens. We kind of met a lot of uh, the other franchisees just to get to know each other a bit more, like anybody else that's doing this in Manitoba, which was cool as well, because then you know, like you're not alone, you're not the only one doing this. Um, and then training started, I was like kind of overwhelmed, I guess, because there's a lot of information, and then... Um, as you get back from Calgary, you just start doing it. So everything, the first time I ever did anything was with Ange. So it's like I never do anything alone to begin with. Um, but that was pretty cool. And then as school ended and you have to start, like, producing. Um, I never painted a house in my life. So I was like, how am I supposed to do this? Like, how am I supposed to train other people to paint when I don't know how to paint myself? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that was also um kind of always a little bit difficult with interviewing I was like oh yeah we're gonna paint houses like (laughs) it's okay I've never painted either (laughs) um just kidding um it's very professional um I have to hire the best people too you know so 
build up my name in my community. Um, but then the first day was very nerve-wracking, I guess, because I'm like, this is, like, real now. Like, I'm talking to the clients. I'm, like, painting their house. I'm training my painters how to paint. But, again, Ange was there, so I had a lot of support behind that. Um, and then after my first day, like, I was very well prepared. Like, I read all the emails. I read all um, the manuals. I was very well prepared with, like, equipment-wise and knowledge-wise, and now I just had to go do it. Um, and then that was kind of the nervous, nerve-wracking part, I guess. But after I did it... Um, I never went back down. Like, I just kept rising. That's <laughs> so, good. That's why they're here. To um, rise. Just Love keep that. doing what she taught me. And then the summer went pretty smoothly, you know, like had some couple bumps on the way. But you just have to kind of handle or deal with what comes your way. And then do professionally, too, because you are running a business. You don't want to, like, ruin your reputation or damage your name. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it was pretty fun. I mean, being a student and then – going from a student, full-time student to business owner and like this, right? Yeah. It's overwhelming. You went from managing a business and then you're running the physical labor. How do you balance that life? You know, like you're talking to clients in one hour and next thing you're painting their house. Are you multitasking? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So like, I guess there's a lot of responsibility. Like kind of like once school ends, like you're done your exams, like, cause typically I don't do any work or calling clients or anything during exam season. Cause that's like when I focus on school. Um, and then as soon as it's done, I'm back on the grind. Um, what's the question again? Like, how do you manage that? Like, oh, yeah. you know, like you have a schedule, yeah. like it's, everything is scheduled, like 168 hour exercise we do. So kind of like, where does your time go? We do it kind of before we start the season. So like what d- time do you wake up? When do you shower? When do you have like other commitments? When do you eat? And now it's all put in a schedule and then you just follow the schedule and that's yeah. how you stay organized and do everything. It's yeah like, like that's how i juggle everything it's just all in a schedule and that discipline that makes sense yeah it makes sense you guys are running a full business like we've mentioned thousands of times <laughs> through this podcast yeah and so um and when you're when you're finding once you found the person and then once is there a list of things that you supply to uh the worker or yeah. uh, in this case as jenny like wh- how much guidance are you actually providing and how much of it is and when do you let go of the reins <laughs> it's a 24-hour <laughs> service here <laughs> i like to say it's a 12-hour service okay. with uh, some overtime that's for sure i should charge for that sure. um it's okay they pay me with love and affection nice. uh not always appreciated Starbucks. not gonna lie <laughs> Um, so ultimately every single business owner is required to go and, um, there, there's going to be things that they're going to do and there's things that student works provide. So every business owner is going to be, you know, in charge of recruiting their own staff. You, you, we ultimately, and I make this really good point. It's like, I would hate to go and like hire people for other people and then have them not like each other, right? You want to work with people who you enjoy working with. So a lot of people go and hire their own staff. Uh, then you get a marketing or a business. Again, you want to go and get that experience of marketing and what ultimately it takes to go and build your sales and build your business. And then, of course, clients. You also don't want to work with clients who are just given to you. You, you want to make sure that you connect with your clients as well. So you pick your own clients. And then, of course, you're going to have the production aspect of it. Um, funny enough, just to explain this, uh, when we run our painting businesses, like we don't necessarily do a lot of painting. That's why we also hire our own staff, but we do have to train them. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately, there's just not enough hours in the day to go and do both. Yeah. Um, if you guys ever want to go and kind of 
read a really good book that kind of explains how a business owner cannot be the ultimately the labor as well. Uh, the Emeth Contractors are usually have really good book, or the Emeth in general. Those are both really good books to kind of explain that process, and that's something that we've really based our systems a lot on. Okay. And then we do, of course, have our business owners take care of the administrative aspect of it, uh, which is like just paperwork and having your painters enter hours and stuff like that and keeping track of um, your business paperwork on its own. But student works, on the other hand, uh, we provide a lot more other admin stuff. So we go and take care of like like swag, for example. Like we have really nice <laughs> swag. Yeah. Mine might be a little bit nicer, not going to lie. This sure. North Face jacket did cost <laughs> a lot of money. Uh, it was a Christmas gift. Okay. No, nope, not everyone gets one. But we provide people with uh, administrative stuff so like payroll, so CPP, EI, and tax deductions. We have an office works company uh, from Toronto that takes care of our payroll. So StudentWorks provides that. We go and take care of things like GST registration, so GST, ITC as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do uh, income. Um, income tax is something that we don't do, but we help them prepare for it. Uh, so keeping track of their receipts, we kind of teach them what they need to have. Uh, safety is a big one. We're painting a lot of houses, but we're painting a lot of heights. Uh, so we provide a lot of safety training as well as safety equipment. Um, what else do we provide? Marketing materials, so like lawn signs and flyers. And we do like Google ads, uh, Facebook ads, um, we do a lot of recruiting as well for painters. So try to help finding painters through both of those areas as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so lots of things, kind of the admin stuff. We also have an office staff at the head office out in Vancouver. They take on any phone calls from people calling in in regards to like lawn sign scenes and stuff like that if they want painting done or and or if they're looking for a job. They also call in the head office to go and complain. Uh, Not necessarily always a good thing, but, uh, you know, it's super awesome. And we're super appreciative, definitely, of Nicole. Jenny really got to know Nicole for about three hours that she went to drop off her payroll one time. Um, And still messed it up. (laughs) And still messed it up. (laughs) It's okay. Um, so that's like the biggest aspect of admin that we provide. Then of course the next one is the systems. So everything that you ever do is ultimately needs to have a system to it, right? Like there's a certain way of doing marketing. There's different ways of doing it. So ultimately over the past 30 years that we have been in business, we have ultimately accumulated a lot of information and knowledge on how to run a successful painting business. So that's all put in a form of systems that systems is not necessarily just a book that we give to our franchisees it's yes the it's a holy about, bible it's a holy bible <laughs> 130 pages worth of it um preach <laughs> <laughs> double-sided <laughs> uh so it's systems in regards to that we train them off those systems uh but there's also additional like emails and uh, I'm a huge advocate of trying to provide my franchisees with as much information, as much help as possible. So there's also like typically me sh- sending out more emails with more information that they can go and use to go and benefit themselves. Um, uh, student works ultimately it's a franchise, so like McDonald's or Tim Hortons. We wanted we wanted to be the same everywhere for different people with different employees and different locations. Uh, but it's ultimately how well you follow the systems that you can get to that level. And then the biggest one is, like, of course, training. So there's lots of hands-on training, lots of small group and one-on-one training. And I would say the biggest thing that we provide would definitely be the support system. 
uh, a district manager, I think, makes a huge difference to every single bis- business owner. Um, and it's not because they are ultimately like a district manager. A district manager ultimately is someone who manages a lot of people all across Western uh, Canada. We have about 12 of them, actually, for this upcoming 2022 year. Um, but it's the business coach aspect of it. It's the aspect of having someone to call 12 hours a day from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Whether you have a question or you made a mistake, to have them go and help you. Mm -hmm. And the nicest thing about StudentWorks is that although you have your one-on-one district manager that you're assigned to, Mm -hmm. there are 11 other ones you can always reach out to. Right? There's so many people with knowledge who can go and reach out for get more information. Um both Corey Bartram and uh, Jordan Kipnins, their huge support system as well, not only DMs, but also uh, franchisees. They're actually our VPs. Um, They provide a tremendous help. And I don't know a single company where a manager can easily go and reach out to a VP Mm -hmm. just by click of a phone. Um, And that's something that Sooners really offers as accessibility. Okay. But also just people who have done this for several years, reaching out to veterans. Sure. Uh, so rookie the uh, rookie sorry franchisees or rookie operators can always reach out to people who have been doing this for you know two, three, four, five, six years, and yeah. they can go and get that extra support in case they can't reach a district manager. But that being said, there's twelve of us, so it's very hard <laughs> not to reach a district manager no, at this point, especially all across in different uh, time zones. So going from admin. You get your first, you know, you sign your life away. You sign sign the contract, you're getting ready to pay. Mm -hmm. What's that first day look like for you from your perspective, right? Like you're, this is your first time you've never painted a house in your life. Now you're going teaching people how to paint. You've got, you've built a team, you've hired on people. What's that first day look like for you? That first day was, um, well, my first day I had (laughs) had a painter just leave at lunchtime and never came back. So um, really deal with like, (laughs) everything and um she ignored all my phone calls i was like what the heck um but it was also cold but maybe she was just picky i don't know um first day was very nerve-wracking like i didn't sleep at all because i was like oh my gosh oh my gosh um but i had window trim so that's like the easiest job to start with you know um i tried to well and kind of took over because i just didn't know how to do it right i just had to sit there and observe and kind of but also like with my painters i had to kind of be the person to that they know that like oh you can trust me i'm your boss like don't treat me as like someone below you because i don't really know how to paint but i think i'm mastered my painting skills now pretty good um <laughs> but the first day is just like more hands on like taking your painter showing them how to scrape a window how to prep a window and then how to paint it um and then when it comes to the client part of it um we say kind of good morning in the morning just kind of confirming what we are doing um and then they leave and then we do our thing, and then when we're done, we talk to them again, show them our work, and then if they're satisfied, um, we kind of go through the paperwork of like just the final payment left, their warranty, and then their check, uh, wait, their signature, and getting a check from them too. Um, but That's what you're there for, you're getting the bag. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, it's just pay and leave, that's yeah. how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's kind of the first day, and then it's kind of the same process all over again. Talk to the client, do the work, get the check. And for, for clarification, are you guys pinning Interior or exterior? We do both. Uh, majority of our work is exterior, though. Um, and then it's like, I think, 80-20%, 80 exterior, 20% interiors. Okay. Um, interiors are not that common. Maybe just, sometimes I think it's just because student works painting, interiors are more intricate, you know. Um, they leave it up to the big guys, although <laughs> we can be the big guys, too, you know. <laughs> I've did plenty of interiors that went 
very well. So, yeah. Hey, you. We got another sponsor. If you've ever considered building a website, you've probably definitely heard of Squarespace. Squarespace is a website designer that allows you to create your website from scratch and using a wide range of templates to fit your needs. Whether you're creating a portfolio, small business, e-commerce, Squarespace got it all. Check out the affiliate link in our description and start building your website today. You'll be helping out the show as well as creating a killer website to impress your peers. Now back to the episode. So when, so there's probably a lot. So you said there's 12 district managers, but I'm sure there's a lot of business owners as well. About 150 to 160. Okay. So my question is, is there competition between you guys? Are you guys fighting, fighting for clients? No. So the way that student works does it is each franchisee. So each business owner is divided up by postal codes. Oh, um, okay. so that's how we kind of keep our, in our own like district, I guess, to not interfere with other people or other competition. Mm. Um, the only time you can really get clients from other people's areas is if they are like a referral, like your aunt lives there or businesses, if you decide to do commercial work and then you can kind of free range it wherever you can get some work. Mm. Um, but for like house knocking, flyer dropping, all that stuff, you stay within your area, mm-hmm. um, just to keep it fair between everyone and sense. give everybody an equal chance. Of course, but but you're there to make money though. Like if if you're made, if you're there to make money, the why not why not spread <laughs> out? <laughs> Every question. area has the same potential basically, so it's up to you to know how much money you kind of want to make, because mm-hmm. um, it's all like divided kind of up. Also, like the way that we divide up the postal codes is like by how much income each area kind of has, the type of house, if it's like renting or owned, if it's like condos or more commercial or residential, you know. Um, So everybody has the same amount of potential. It's just up to you to determine what you want to finish up with or how much you want to do. So, and but it's also like, it also depends like how much work you put in, right? Yeah. Like if you don't put in a lot of work, you're not going to get a lot of clients at the end of the day, right? 100%, yeah. So then... You, you happen to do very well during your summers, but I want to know, are there people on the other end of the spectrum? Oh, yeah. And do they lose money as well? Okay, so that's a really good question. Um, most people who do this don't lose money. Okay. And the reason for that is is just because we don't hire people who we don't think are going to do well. Mm. Like, we just wouldn't hire someone who we think is going to completely want just won't do this. Sure. Um, that being said, uh, if someone, if we do end up hiring someone and they the bed mm-hmm. uh it's there is po- always potential about losing money okay. every single business always has yeah uh that being said just because student works provides such a big safety net okay. you don't lose hundreds or tw- tens of thousands of dollars sure. you maybe lose like a grand because okay. you went and you quit super early on mm-hmm. no one who makes it to production season lose money Okay. So typically people who go and quit a lot earlier on are the ones who would do that. Sure. But there's a very low percentage of people like over the course of the five years I've been around, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of people who go and again do this who would lose money just because we wouldn't hire them. Sure. Um, that being said, like Jenny said, you know, each area has a lot of potential. You know, each area can have anywhere from like 300 to half a million dollars worth of potential in each area. There's lots and lots and lots of work to go around. Mm -hmm. And that's also why a lot of people stay within their district. That being said, we're also so limited on time that you want to go and stay in your own district and you want to hit your clients over and over again, over and over again. It's kind of like beating a dead horse ultimately sometimes uh, where you just really go through it over and over again because the funny thing is, you know, uh, we're in Transcona right now, and 
Um, this is an area that actually in the past, in 2017 and 2018, the franchisee in this area wasn't necessarily good. She was you know, quite lazy. Uh, they don't want to put in time. They don't want to put in the effort. The, uh, the area that she was working in was Transcona, uh, Elmwood, uh, River East, and East St. Paul. Okay. So over course of her summer uh, in this area, she did about $50,000 in sales. Damn, um, okay. By the way, no matter what kind of year you were in, $50,000 is actually not that much. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Nothing. It's so, light work. Light work. <laughs> so it, re- it really is light work. And that's the reason why I say that is just because with – Two painters they're over oh, the course okay, of the yeah. summer, sure. an average franchisee can go and produce about $94,000. Okay. Now, um, for the past three years, we actually had an amazing franchisee here from Steinbeck, uh, Ilya Yusak, who <laughs> is actually a part of Aspera as well. And he, in the same area that this one girl did $50,000, both in her first and second year, mm-hmm. um, he did, I think he's going to do like 350 this year alone. Okay. So it really comes down to the person, not the actual area. Yeah. And that's kind of why we do it the way we do it. And that's, but revenue. That's, that's revenue, correct? Yes, revenue. Revenue. Okay. revenue. Uh, profit, I guess we can kind of get onto that as well. Sure. An average profit within the company uh, last year was about 27%. Okay. Um, this year, just because we're still not done with the year, we don't necessarily know, but we're probably mm-hmm. expecting. Uh, about the 28 to 30 mm-hmm. range, just because we have seen, again, tremendous growth. Uh, that being said, of the pandemic, we actually have grown our business from $13.5 million last year as a company to $21 million this year. So a lot more revenue, a lot more people doing a lot higher numbers. And sure. generally, with higher numbers, they go and actually earn a lot higher. Yeah, You know, as well. this, this question might be like a little on the edge here, but... You say your profit margins are 28%, right? About yeah. this year. Yeah, depending on for, the franchisee. For someone looking into this, right? For example, me. Yeah. I could start my own painting company. Oh, you go right ahead. Right? I could. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. <laughs> I know. That's, that's a joke. It's okay. I, I'm just like putting out a situation yeah. here. I could start my own company. I could do 350K okay. in, in, you know, in sales. Yeah. I could take majority of that profit. What does Student Works provide? I don't. Well, what do you know about running a painting business? I could find out. I could do my own <laughs> research. You know what so, I mean? No, I'm, I was just I know, saying. Like, I know, I know. So that, that's the biggest thing, right? So a lot of people think they can go and do this on their own. Mm-hmm. Trust me, a lot of people can't do this on their own. Sure. <laughs> um, and that's also why StudentWorks is so great in comparison to a lot of people who want to do this on their own because, like, we teach people good habits. We go and, like, really provide a lot of help. And when that issue arises, let's say the friend, the, pay, uh, the client no longer trusts you, like, they just might not. Like, yeah. right? Like, they just might not pay you, and that can also be an issue. So with StudentWorks, you do, again, have that safety net that if the client loses trust in you... Now they can go and reach out to myself, their head office, and I can go and help run through the pro- uh, through the projects. So ultimately, you get paid. Uh, a lot of the things that a lot of business owners, and by the way, my dad is a contractor. Uh, my dad ran about $40,000 business every single year that I wasn't uh, in for student works. And it's funny enough that he also told me not to do this. Uh, Does but he work the, for you now? Hmm? Does he work for you now? <laughs> he doesn't work for me now. I have been offered a job, though, okay. um, several times. Sure. Um, I told them no because they can't match my pay from student works. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you, you laugh, but it's really true. Yeah. Um, 
But my dad's business grew significantly after I joined StudentWorks. And it's not because um, he started doing so much better. It's just because he now I took on the coaching I got from my coach and from my VPs and from the lessons I learned from running my own business. And I taught him for free. Um, a family discount, of course. Um <laughs> But, you know, I went and I helped him determine what an estimate sheet is. You know, what is your labor actually worth? You know, he's a general contractor and he was charging 20 bucks an hour. Mm -hmm. And that's what he was making when he was working for someone else. So he wasn't taking account any liability. He wasn't taking account any, like, labor or any issues that could arise within his estimates. And therefore, he was always on the short end of his business. Mm -hmm. uh, that being said, the name recognition is also a big one. Um, a lot of people want to go and support students, but they also want to go and have a company behind them. They want to make sure that there's something, ultimately, if something were to happen, that their house doesn't get just left half painted or fallen apart yeah, or burnt to the ground. <laughs> yeah. um, you, you laugh, but, you know, happened. Uh, not happened. Okay. But there's, there's been instances where houses fires. have... <laughs> yeah, there's been some fires sure. uh, with painting, which is funny enough. Uh, but, you know, that's kind of where the student comes in. We're a uh, big one on liability insurance, and we have WCB for all of our painters as well. Mm -hmm. So if your painter falls off a ladder, uh, God bless, no, not yeah. going to happen. But if they ever get injured on a job site, they also have a backing. You know, a lot of people, a lot of owners, uh, business owners, and I know this from my own dad's experience, when he was working for contractors, he kind of, you know, you break a leg, well, best of luck to you for the next two weeks. I don't know how you're yeah. feeding your family, but I'm not paying you for the next two weeks because mm -hmm. we don't have WCB for our employees, mm -hmm. right? Or um, if uh, we had this happen, actually, and very unfortunate, uh, my dad was working on a house and he was doing bathroom renovation and then just the way he installed something actually caused water damage. And God bless the fact that I learned what liability insurance was about two months before that and I made them go get it. Otherwise, my family would have ultimately lost all of their money and be bankrupt just because that was a lot of damage that was done through the water you know new studs new drywall new painting mm -hmm. pretty much almost half the main floor needed to be redone and that's something that a lot of business owners don't think about and you typically as a fresh business owner wouldn't think about uh the biggest one about student works as well is the fact that we don't actually make you put any money down into your business until you start making money okay. so um, the only investments you're going to be making is stuff like uh, paying your phone bill, which you're paying no matter what, uh, and then putting money towards your marketing, which not necessarily needs to be a lot of money. Typically, an average business owner needs about $1,000 just over course from January to April mm -hmm. to just get their business outgoing. Sure. Um, they can do a lot of the uh, things themselves by just putting in time instead of money. That's kind of the situation I know I and I think Jenny was actually kind of in a similar situation. We just put in more time than money to build the business up. Uh, but we go and back you guys up financially. We probably invest about ten to $15,000 into each business owner before they touch a paintbrush. Okay. So wow. that's something that a lot of people ultimately just don't have money for either. So again, if you have the money and you want to invest in that, like you're more than welcome to. But even from experience of people who have left student works and uh, maybe went on to build their own painting business, they still get a business coach. They still get an accountant. Mm -hmm. They still go and work with marketing companies ultimately to do what student works did for them, mm -hmm. uh, but just like pay their higher bill 
because tech, not gonna lie, having a business coach is expensive. Yeah. Um, and I think the and you rate, don't get a twelve hour service typically, and you don't get yeah. twelve hour service out of it, right? <laughs> so a business coach typically charges about a thousand dollars a week for like one hour a week. Oh, a, a day over five days, yeah. right? So it's a lot of money that you put get put in, but also you know just from, uh, it's a lot more of a learning curve if you do it on your own, and there's a higher chance of you failing. I don't know if you guys know the stats, but about um in the first three years, probably about seventy five percent businesses fail. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah. I'm that stat is oh, yeah. literally off yeah. my of my head. It's somewhere in that range. Uh, but a lot of businesses fail very quickly just because they, one, struggle with growth and, two, with scalability. So when you usually start your business, you're going to start small and start growing it up. And that's kind of where, again, like I said, StudentWorks is really nice because we can get people to those higher numbers a lot quicker. Uh, this past year, we had our top producer um, exceeded everyone's expectations. Our top record for a rookie in the past has been $250,000. This year, it's 358. That's a rookie operator who has um, had painting experience. He actually worked for the previous record owner. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we had the max amount of people ever to go and do over $200,000 in sales this year. Uh, but that takes, you know, that took a lot of extra training. Not going to lie. The people who I worked with who did over $200,000 I put a lot of time with. Yeah, of course. I was on the phone with them quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I went and I helped them quite a bit as well. Um, it just required, it doesn't require a, a team of one. It requires literally a team of like five to 10 people to go and get the build ultimately a business that big. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think for a lot of people, you know, if you think you can go and start your business right away and reach those higher numbers, it's just not going to happen. The sure. people who did, the person who actually did 350 this year in Winnipeg, he started off running a 50, or I think $60,000 business in his first year. Sure. He grew significantly bigger from first to second year to about 220, and then he grew to 350. Okay. It takes time. It yeah. takes a lot of coaching. It takes a lot of help, and that's something that a lot of people don't realize when they start wanting to start their own business, I would say. That's that's the entrepreneur thing, right? Like yeah. he, everyone who, who's tried to be an entrepreneur or is an entrepreneur, you guys involved, you know you're going to put in time. Yeah. You're going to have to put in time. You're going to have to put in effort. So how much time are you actually putting in? Like from your perspective, I'm sure it's not the 40-hour work week. I'm sure you're working way, way more than that. Yeah, so from January, like during the school season, January till April, like I typically – my first year, I put in about 20 hours a week, okay. if not less, depending on um, how motivated I was. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, but then the following year, I put in less hours because I started paying people to do the work that I sh- can be doing, I guess, because of the money I made my previous year. Mm-hmm. Um, but then as soon as May hits me, is the busiest year. I meant time of the mo- month of the year, whatever. <laughs> the busiest, the busiest, yeah. because you're starting production, like you're kind of like in charge of recruiting. Sales, producing work, um, what else? All of the above. Recruiting, marketing, <laughs> sales, production. Yeah, that's what you're all in charge of, and that takes a lot of time. So um, around like 60 to 70 hours a week, probably in May, um, just because you want to build up your business really well in May, just so you can have more time off later. Um, thankfully, like I had returning painters, so my May was a lot easier than um, my first year, so I didn't spend that much time like training people, which takes a lot of time, like eight hours on their shift. Um, and then I just put my time somewhere else and had weekends off. And then in June, it's more like, for me at least in June, it was more like 40 hours a week, I guess. 
um, and doing stuff. And then July 40 and then August was like way less. Like I, I took like a week off, you know, while my painters were painting. So it takes experience. Yeah. If you, I guess you just have to know how to manage and then use your time wisely. Um, that's one thing I really tried to work on this year is using my time wisely just so I can have time off, have like a fun summer too. And like while still making money, um, and it's really fun. I would say that Jenny, by the way, is literally the best person on my team based on production. She runs the most smooth and like the best time management. So <laughs> it really shows of just the way she's talking about her summer. So, so what's the turnaround rate typically for a job look like? Are you guys doing like one day wonders or? <laughs> um, like producing jobs? Yeah, producing yeah, jobs. Yeah. So I had two crews, so two teams of two, and I did two jobs a day, like. There's like one day jobs and a couple day jobs. So um, each week, I think like with both crews working, I produce about $10,000 a week. So that's twenty. That's 40000 each month. Um, so kind of like I did 75 projects this whole summer. So four months, 75 projects. A lot of work. A lot of work. A lot of work. Yeah. I mean, COVID hit and it hit hard for many business owners oh, yeah. and even even small business owners, right? How did it affect you from an admin point and you as a true business owner working the front lines? Who should go first? I'll definitely <laughs> go first because it's very ironic and this is kind of, again, where I'm like, it sounds, I, I make this joke all the time. I used to not be such a big advocate for StudentWorks, um, but I'm literally in love with this company. Um, and it's just through the tremendous growth and support we've been given. And a lot of business owners, failed once COVID hit, you know, mm, yeah. we all went into lockdown for about three to four weeks yep. and you know, no one knew what to do. Mm. Student works, we took action. So over the time of the three weeks that we were all in lockdown, what we were able to do is we actually reached out to our safety company and we made a plan. We made a plan on how we're going to be producing work, what needs to be happening in regards to doing estimates, how we're going to be doing estimates. Um, both in regards to, you know, younger people, so people over under the age of 60, and people who are older who are more prone to being, uh, you know, uh, more sick and getting worse if they were to catch COVID. So we have made different plans, as well as how production would work, work on a daily basis in regards to COVID. So we were able to actually reach out to the company and do that. Um, it actually worked out very well for us. <laughs> we grew from ten thousand dollars, uh, ten million dollars to thirteen point five uh, in twenty twenty. Sure. Um, a lot of people went and start saving their money because they knew they weren't traveling. You know, it did hit kind of the perfect time for us. Uh, March being typically a little bit more on a boosting area, so we did lo lose a lot of time within that month. That typically we do a lot of sales and marketing because we couldn't do any of that. But we actually gone and went really back up in May and June and we continued booking work till July and August. And we had tremendous growth, uh, lots of adjustments. We transferred very quickly towards Zoom and online, um, which is, again, a lot of companies didn't um and i know I, it's super funny because we always uh i was running a business actually that year as well and i would go to the paint stores and i would hear painters literally like people who run their own business in the paint store saying oh yeah it's so tough to get work right now and like you know this covid thing is really gonna hurt me yeah. and i'm sitting there laughing because i literally just went and booked a ton of work mm -hmm. and if they were just to get off their and go look for it they would be getting it all as well you know i 
uh, the estimates that we were doing uh, were a little bit different. Lots of people, you know, presenting things outside. We typically do it at the table. Or I had a uh, estimate that I did over Zoom. I, or I guess FaceTime, I FaceTime a client who was older. She was in her 80s. Uh, she really struggled with the Zoom aspect of it, not going to lie. Um, flipping of the camera was a big challenge. But, you know, we did, inter- uh, we did interviews over Zoom as well. And lots of that that's actually transitioned to 2021 as well. Uh, so we had tremendous growth within that year but also lots of positive changes. We had more time to go and provide quality videos on training painters how to paint. Mm-hmm. You know, we invested a lot more time towards providing uh, different feedbacks, you know, uh, a lot more working on initial calls with the clients, a lot more work in regards to presentations and interviewing skills. Um, lots of content for painting, how to paint a fascia, how to paint a wall. You know, there's a lot more that come on, and we were able to now transition that to 2021. So a lot of people could actually go and learn how to paint a lot quicker as well. Okay. Um, so I think it was actually absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, did it suck sitting at home for three weeks? I am an extrovert. At the second that we were able to go and do estimates, I scheduled myself a bunch so I could leave the house because mm-hmm. uh, it's the only ultimate reason why we were able to leave a house at that point in time is if you were going to work uh, at least within manitoba um but uh i think we actually really excelled at when it when it comes to covid um we took what we could and we ran with it how about you this is my thought process (laughs) pandemic hits oh my god why did i do this Um, I was pretty nervous, like, three losing three to four weeks of time is, like, rough, especially in prime time. Like, in my area, so- southern Steinbach area, um, that's, like, when people decide they want to do painting um, is when the snow melts and the sun is shining. Yeah. And I lost all that time. Um, and as a first-year operator, I was like, oh, my God, like, what am I supposed to do now? Like, sit at home, like, study? Um, but I try my best, like I still like post-it ads to kind of prepare myself for when we do get back to normal, if that were to happen. Um, but then it's kind of like Ange said, as soon as like everything kind of opened up for us, like going to work and stuff like that, um, there was a lot of success in like, um, like sales wise. So like finding work, booking work, um, like we all kind of booked at a high percentage because people are like, we want to still get painting. Um, we did have like the odd people that, you know, like. They lost their job, so they can't afford anything, even though they wanted to paint, um, which was, like, unfortunate for their family. But there were still, like, many people, too, that um, didn't go traveling that year because everything was kind of shut down and they had extra money. Um, so they decided, oh, let's do, like, house renos. And then lots of people still wanted to support students because they're like, oh, they need money for school. School is expensive. And I was like, yes, it's me. Hire me. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so, yeah, that was, like, the really good part is, like, lots of people are very supportive and want students to paint their house so uh, i guess like once things kind of started to open up a bit more i was like more relaxed and it's like oh yeah this this will work out so for that young entrepreneur that's willing and wants to get into the painting industry from both perspectives what are some tips that you guys can give to them that's so funny because i told jenny that this question was coming (laughs) and she's just like i'll just hand it off to you (laughs) um i guess the biggest tip so like if you don't want to do student works but you want to get into this industry or you want to go and get into a construction industry where you want to start your own thing the biggest thing i would say is find help (laughs) 
Um, make sure that you do a lot and a lot of lesson, lots of research. Um, be ready to fail. Um, there is, you know, like any business, you're gonna fall on your face many, many times before you actually see success. Um, but the biggest thing is if you are planning to go and start your own thing, you're gonna have to learn how to do it first. So you can't just go and start decide to run a painting business without wanting without wanting to become a painter, sure. especially if you want to do this on your own. And this is also kind of why a lot of people did do stutter works because they don't have to learn the painting that much. Yeah. Um, just because you need to learn and teach people how to go and do it as well, you need to make sure you look up you know lots of videos uh, on how to do it and the best ways of doing it. That being said, there's lots and lots of garbage on the internet as well. It's very hard to go and fine tune what works and what doesn't without actually doing a lot of research. Lots of business books um, over the course of what we call the, again, off season. So from September to December is when a lot of our students who we work with do a lot of you know reading. A uh, few great books that I always recommend are just How to Win and Influence People. Um, it is fantastic. I made Jenny read it. Um, made Jenny read it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you know, the E-Myth, again, it's a great one, but nothing will ever prepare you for what's to come. Because until you're ultimately, it's until you're down in the pits, <laughs> uh, you just can't. You just can't f- figure it out. It's, it's one of those things where, like, learn as you go. And really, you write down on what's you're what you're doing and how you're learning. Any tips <coughs> you can give them? Any tips for young entrepreneurs is probably like discipline. You know, like you have to set time aside for your business and for your personal life as well. Um, and like setting goals too. Like I find setting goals for yourself that are like achievable um, really helps because then you have something to look forward to. Um, because if they're like unachievable, it's just a like disappointment after disappointment. Um, so like to have a life and run a business and be successful, like kind of like setting that schedule so you can have like work life balance and be be like strict to it too. Like don't be like oh like I'm at home like let me just do a couple phone calls. Like no, then you'll always start to feel like you're always working, always working, but you don't really want to feel like that. So just nine to five, nine to ten, call people. 10 to 11, eat food, you know, 11 to 12, watch Netflix, <laughs> and then everything will start flowing, and then it'll be all good. I like that advice. Well, <laughs> on like that it. note, I think this is a perfect way to end off the podcast. Thank you so much for watching, viewing, listening, t- tuning into our podcast. Uh, we're live every Tuesday at 11.30 a.m. on UMFM radio station, 101.5 FM. And until next time, peace. Check them out. Check them out in the description. Check them out. That's, That's it. it. That's it. <laughs> Thanks, guys. That was fun. I appreciate you. Oh, my gosh. That was scary. <laughs>